Alright, thank you guys for coming back to the channel. I appreciate you checking out the next entry, Entry 37, Diary of a Cinephile. Today, we're going to talk about The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now, uh, I just binged this entire thing in a single day. I was waiting for it to be over. Uh, I took the same kind of approach when it came to, with this one, when it came to, say, WandaVision as well. I just, I wasn't sure what to expect out of these shows. It's very strange that they're doing these kind of things in, like, a show fashion. But I do understand it. There is a lot of storyline that they're trying to put in. And doing that in a movie fashion, you wouldn't be able to fill enough. So you'd probably think that they were, there were things missing if it was a movie. But the thing with WandaVision was that that was nine... 35 minute episodes and this was six 45 minutes episodes like they, they don't really have a solid premise of how they're doing these which i guess is okay it doesn't really leave you open for too many things to kind of go awry like if there's no pattern to follow in a way again this is only the second show that they've been doing uh, but what i do like is that these shows um, including the third one that they have coming out in June, Loki, they're all part of Phase 4. So they, th this is their new pattern of kind of building the the next phase. And there's supposed to be a lot involved in this. Not only are these three shows involved, but there's also Black Widow's involved. Uh, the Shang-Chi movie that's coming out is involved. And I think at least three of the things that are meant to be involved in the Phase 4 process um, of Marvel's Universe. Now, what I what I don't... I won't talk about what I don't like first. Let's talk about what I do like. What I do like is the fact that they do play those characters very well. They play to their strengths while also uh, highlighting their weaknesses. Not to the extent where it, it, over, it overshadows any sort of character arcs. They really are taking the time with these characters that kind of just implemented randomly throughout the first three phases. And they're really giving them more time to shine. Like, Winter Soldier has only been really in-depthly involved in two films. It was Civil War and The Winter Soldier. Other than that, he's just another, he's just a minor character in any other film that he's in. So it's nice to see him get a little bit more. Uh, Falcon. Falcon isn't even that involved in Civil War, I want to say. Like, maybe he has a couple of things, but nothing really character building. He had more character arc in... Winter Soldier, and then otherwise he's just been kind of like a sidekick. So it's nice to see these two kind of grow and kind of give themselves more of an establishment as characters, as well as being a torch-passing storyline for the Falcon character to become, you know, uh, the new Captain America. Uh, I do like what they did with the imposter Captain America, and it's probably one of the most... At least from what I've seen, I don't know too much about the character he becomes, but it is close enough to the most accurate kind of fashion of how they've brought in a character who is, like, in his realm, in a way. So, like, U.S. Agent is, is a real thing from the comics, for those who don't know, and it does follow the same pattern. This guy comes in, becomes the new Captain America, they realize he's shit. But the thing is, in the comics, I believe it's that, uh, what's his name, Steve Rogers comes back, 
and kind of is like, you're doing, you're a shit Captain America, get out of here. And so he leaves and comes back to you as agent, which in the comics, he has almost the exact same outfit. It's just all black. So that's how they kind of showed off the U.S. agent at the end of this show. And with U.S. agent, it's not even like he's a good guy or a bad guy. He's kind of in that area of Loki, but in a sense where it's like he's trying hard, but nobody likes him. <laughs> and it's nice that they incorporated that. Uh, the character, um, Carly, who plays, I want to say, the main villain of the entire story who's the leader of the Flag Smashers, what I like about their storyline is that the Flag Smasher is a real character in the comic. But what they did was, instead of making it a character, they made it a group. So all of these people are part of the Flag Smashers, which is a cool uh, kind of way to wrap that around and kind of make something new and unique while still sticking to something that's relatively comic... Or, relatively originated from the comics. So... I think that's a good way to involve that and also opens up the ideas for like, you know, you could do that with a lot of people. You could probably do that with a lot of villains that probably aren't going to translate too well if they were by themselves. Like if it was one Flag Smasher, maybe that would have worked. But they made this work when it was like a team of them, and it was just this movement. And in the comics, it's the same thing. Flag Smasher is a dude who just doesn't like... He's an anti-nationalist. That's what these people are. They're anti... They're anti-nationalist. They're anti the... Um, and they made it fit within this realm because they're anti uh, the snap and all these people getting kicked out, and it has a lot to do with immigration and stuff like that. It does play a lot to also today's kind of political realm as well. And I think their storyline was done very, very well. So now here's something I don't like. is the fact that I didn't watch it week by week like everybody else did. I waited for it to be over. I sat down. And I watched it all day. I spent the whole day watching it. It only took maybe a little less than four hours. Because again, there are only six episodes, only 45 minutes apiece. So it's like watching uh, the, the, just, the, the Schneider Cut again. That's what it's like. It's not, it doesn't take that long. So... I'm watching the entire thing, so everything is fresh in my head into each new episode. I'm going right into the next one. And by the time it got to the ending, I just felt like something was missing. I just, I, I didn't feel satisfied. And I tried to express it to a friend of mine, and the only thing that he really came up with, well, what did you think was uh, uh, unresolved? And I'm like, I didn't say anything was unresolved. They tied all the ends they needed to. They touched base on just about everything. I there's one little spoiler thing that I didn't really like. Could have been a little bit better. Uh, I'm not going to say that for those who haven't seen it, so I spoiled too much. But one little kind of twist in the last episode. It could have been better. They could have incorporated somebody else for that twist. But you know what they did? I get it. It works. Whatever. But. I just feel unsatisfied. I feel like there was something missing. It gave you a lot, but then again, I feel like there was something else that it could have given you or something else that we were supposed to get that we didn't. And then the buddy I was talking to, he actually was explaining to me that because of everything that's going on in the world, when, you know, Hollywood was hit with, you know, COVID and certain restrictions and everything like that, uh, this show was hit as well. And there was actually a whole nother story arc that they were, they were supposed to do but with all the restrictions that came about around the time they were filming, they couldn't do it. So, technically, 
there is something that's kind of missing. We just never, we'll never know what that was. Uh, I mean, unless you can read it somewhere. I didn't bother to go that deep into it. Uh, and maybe you have, and maybe you can look into it and see, you know, what are the pieces that they were forced to leave out because of the COVID restrictions. So when that hit, they had to shut down studios. So what we got was basically everything they had finished minus whatever they took out to make it make sense for all the stuff that they were going to be missing. And I just, I still felt like there was something missing. I felt unsatisfied. And it has nothing to do really with its story. I think the story was good. I think it was the the premise of like, maybe there was a better way to go about it. Maybe if there were certain choices that were made, or maybe they there were certain uh, directorial things done differently. Maybe I wouldn't feel like that. Uh, I don't feel like there's any sort of conflicts that aren't resolved in a way. I don't think that the story itself doesn't make any sense, you know, like for uh, how the Flag Smashers come about and uh, Baron Zemo's involvement and, you know, the the, the, the backstory building of uh, Bucky and Sam and all these characters, like, it's it's all done really, really good. It's just missing something. There's something in the story, or there's something in the progression. There's something missing, that by the end of it, I'm just sitting there, and I was, like, waiting. And the best way I can describe it is, like, when you listen to a song, and the song is building up to a certain thing. There's a lot... I, w- I usually couldn't relate this to, say, like um, a metal or a hardcore song that leads up to what's called a breakdown. You know, some people who are really into, you know, um, uh, EDM music or dancing music, it'll lead up to the to the to when the beat drops. There's a certain thing that happens when it's just leading, 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 and you're sitting there and you're like anxious and you're waiting for it. And then when it finally gets there and it's like, uh, the, the beat that drops wasn't so good. The breakdown that hits, it's like all that buildup and it, and it was nothing. And I just, something about that. I was sitting there and I was waiting. I was I was, I was leaning into the, the screen. I was on the edge of my seat and I'm just watching. And then I'm just waiting to go by and go by and go by. And I'm waiting for something else to happen. And I don't know what it is that I'm waiting for. But nothing ever came that stopped me and went, okay, I'm good with that. I just, some, something about it kind of didn't sit with, sit, sit with me well. I'm not going to say that that doesn't give you the right to still sit through it. Because the thing is, is that this is that story that we are going to have that's leading forward. So you're going to need to watch it if you're a person who invests in the Marvel Universe like I do. Like, this, this is mandatory for me. I had to watch this because I need to know what's coming next. I've read somewhere, and it was very well written, it was either an article or somebody's blog post or something, and it was talking about how nobody in film history has done what Marvel is doing. This universe that they're building up, and now this universe that they're extending into this, into the Disney Plus realm, into television shows, even into the shows that were on Netflix, and... All of their shows, all of their shows that are separated between Netflix and Hulu and all of these different shows, they're all connected. They all involve each other in some way, shape, or form. Nothing else has really done that up to this point. It To, to the scope of how large it is already, it's already... First three phases, 22, 23 films, then they had... 
these two shows, they have two more movies planned, another show planned, and they still have all the rest of Phase 4 and Phase 5. You're talking something that between the amount of TV shows and movies, you're talking something that's going to be close to 40 different pieces of storytelling material deep between movies and TV shows, not counting episodes, just like the TV show in itself. So WandaVision counts as one. But then you count WandaVision with 23 movies so far and 10 movies to come. But then all these TV shows they have planned. They have She-Hulk planned. They have Moon Knight planned. All of these TV shows they have planned, they're all going to be part of this huge overtelling story that's all going to be connected. And nothing has ever done that before. And I don't think anything is going to be able to live up to that. Like, they started that. Before anybody even had an idea that that was something that was possible or would be this lucrative. Like, I don't even remember if they announced that the phase things were a thing until, like, the fifth movie. If I remember correctly, it wasn't until they announced Avengers that they said, okay, that's going to be phase one. And now here's what we're going to do. We're introducing all of these, all of these this is what's coming up next. That's going to be phase two. And we have all the way planned up to phase three. And then we saw all these things they had planned. And we were like, holy shit, that's insane. And this is just another piece of that overall universe that is going to keep growing. And you're going to need to watch it if you're going to, if you're going to understand everything. If you didn't watch Doctor Strange because you don't know that channel, uh, you don't know that character, you're not going to know anything about his arc in Infinity War Endgame. So you have to watch it. You have to watch all these things. The closest that they've come is what they're kind of doing with um, the Arrowverse. But that's kind of a rocky situation. You know, not too many things uh, connect. Only the things that are with the WB. Like, if they connected it with the stuff that was also on DC Universe or any of the films. But the thing with DC is also that they do have this thing where they they revolve around 52 different... That's what the new 52 is. There's 52 different earths and 52 different universes that they all connect with so maybe the arrow first takes place in one i do know they said that uh joaquin phoenix's the joker takes place in another one uh the batman with robert pattinson is meant to take place on another earth so they do kind of exist together but they're not on the same timeline so that's how dc's kind of trying to do it or get away with it i guess but they're late to the game everybody's late to the game at this point there's no way you could make up 25 films or 25 pieces of storytelling material to even come close to what Marvel's done. So this is worth sitting through just so you are kept up to date with everything that they have going on. And maybe what's missing is that I'm expecting more because there is so much more to come and it's just kind of ended and it's like, okay, now I have to wait for whatever the next thing is. And what's nice is that there's more things coming out in shorter periods of time there's more, we just had WandaVision back in December and January, or November and December, I forget which ones they were, it was premiering for. Then we have uh, Winter Soldier, which was just all of last month, basically. And then we have in June, we're going to have Loki. And then I think in July, we have uh, Black Widow. And then they, there's a lot more in this one year than there's been in any year prior, if, if, I'm underst- if I understand the timeline correctly. I don't know how long Phase 4 is going to last. I can't remember off the top of my head how many things are involved in Phase 4. But what I do know is they're taking what they already have and building on it and still expanding this universe at the same time. Like, who would have thought that you would get origin stories 
for characters that have already been introduced. WandaVision was a basically an origin story for what her next step in the in the Marvel universe is. She was a side character before this. You know, she's involved in I think seven films. This is her first time that she's shines as a separate character. And that's the same that goes for um Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes. They're finally shining as individualized characters and that's what this show has given them. So that's what I feel like they're going to try to do with Loki while also incorporating time travel, I think is the Loki overall story arc. I can't remember off the top of my head, and I don't want to ruin too much and say things inaccurately, but we're all going to find out in June what Loki's all about, and this is definitely another piece of the story that's well worth sitting through, and it also still opens up that idea to make sure that people understand that this works. So maybe we're going to get more things that are show-orientated, that can be streamed over movies. I don't know. Maybe they'll see that as useful, maybe they won't. I still hope they make movies, I mean, of course they're going to make movies. I, I still hope they make more of these... W- so, you have this storytelling pattern of being able to not be restricted to a two-hour film. Where you have to get an extended cut to see what they, what they involved everything. You can involve everything in a show. You can involve all pieces of the story arc in the show. And they've showed that with... WandaVision being nine at 30 minutes apiece, and then Falcon and Winter Soldier being six episodes at 45 minutes apiece. There's ways for you to work around making sure you get the story told while still involving all the stuff you want to involve. Maybe they'll leave the shorter ones for films and do the longer ones for shows. I don't know. But what I do know is that I don't think these things are meant to lead into sequels. At least I don't think they are, and I hope they're not because that just doesn't make any sense. I don't see... Uh, a Captain and the Winter Soldier sequel making a lot of sense unless it's meant to be the sequel that, like, they'll do this like they did Captain America movies. But then again, I did hear that they're trying to do a Captain America 4. So are they going to do shows that only do certain things with the same characters that they do in the films? I think that would be pretty cool too. There's a lot of opportunities here, and I hope they take advantage of everything that they have Uh, to their disposal, especially with seeing the success that this formula has brought to them. 